The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. And good afternoon, and welcome to another Transformation for Success show. I am your host, Dr. Barbara Young, and this is your day for encouragement and empowerment through the compelling stories of successful men and women we have on the show and how they learned how to integrate their soul, their body and spirit for change to become whole and successful. You know, I hope you're having a great day because I am so excited as we have a dynamic and inspiring guest today, Miss Lydia Blanco, the digital first multimedia journalist at NBC News with a strong passion for truthful storytelling, photography, and content strategy from NBC News. So, hi, Lydia. How are you? Hi, Dr. Young. I am doing fantastic because I am speaking with you. Thank you so much (laughs) for the warm introduction. Well, there's more, but I just wanted to uh, welcome you to the show and tell you how glad I am. And so for listeners out there, uh, I met Lydia when I was a consultant at Bennett College some years ago, and this young woman I was so impressed with. And when I saw her uh, on uh, a tribute, uh, something very newsworthy, I said, I got to have her on the show. But let me tell you a little bit about her. She graduated from Columbia University in the School of Journalism, and of course, she was a proud alumna of Bennett College for Women. You know, this young woman has so many skills, I tell you. It's just fantastic to be able to talk about a young woman who's done so much. And she's experienced in telling stories about social justice, health and wellness, and technology with an emphasis on social impact. You know, Lydia is the founder-CEO of Sincere Visions, a digital documentary, photography, and feature story website that now has a growing national audience. So she's here today to share her amazing transformation pathway to success. So she's going to share share with you some of the principles she learned and values and applied to her success and growth and development. You know, so much is written about the generation Y. I guess I call you, (laughs) Lydia, the millennials, and really Mm -hmm. you are truly the next generation. And in, in terms of your influence in the workplace and on society overall, I think for good reasons, I am so happy to have you on the show. You know, it shows actually that this generation, your generation is even lo- larger than the baby boomer generation, roughly 77 million strong. So more significantly, I don't know if you know this, 
but millennials will make up more than half of the U.S. workforce. And right now, I mean, they are to be reckoned with, and I'm so excited because truly the 35 and under are certainly a force to be reckoned with. And so I am so happy to benefit from some of the strategies and some of the things that we're going to talk about today that I think are so important for the listeners out there. You've had quite a journey and a very interesting life. So share with the listeners some of your early journey, Lydia. You know, my journey began not too long ago. I always tell people um, that Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to, you know, have Oprah's job and then (laughs) <laughs> I did my research, and I was like, you know, maybe not Oprah's job. I'll just work on being the best Lydia Blanco possible. That's um, good. That's so good. early on, I actually found this love for storytelling um, through the form of poetry. I wrote my first poetry book in the third grade, and it just so happened to be this assignment where um, we got to choose um, some cloths, Mm-hmm. cardboard and some straw and paper and we had to put mm-hmm. it together and we could make a book of whatever we wanted to and I was like I'm going to write a poetry book and I don't know where I learned about poetry it had to be somewhere in school or you know here mm-hmm. today. Um, but I decided I was going to write a poetry book and I drew pictures in that book I wrote you know oh, short, wow. very short um, poems and I actually still have the book and it's you know a blue Hawaiian print um mm-hmm book with probably 10 pages at the most within the book. Um, And my grammar was horrible, you know, I was in third grade. (laughs) But um, I really attribute that book um, to who I am today, because that's Mm -hmm. where I found my passion for writing and storytelling. And I often tell people, you know, that I'm a a poet turned journalist now. Um, (laughs) So I was at Bennett College. Um, you know, I, I brought my poetry there. I did poetry in high school, um, opposed mm-hmm. to joining the school newspaper because I thought the school newspaper was just a little bit too political. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Bennett College, I actually um, decided early on that I was going to study journalism. And it was so important to me to go to Bennett because I wanted to be in an environment where mm-hmm. women looked like me, had similar experiences, mm-hmm. and I can learn from people who look like me. Um, I wanted to go to another woman's college, but they didn't have journalism. Um, so I knew mm-hmm. that it was where I was supposed to be. Um, and throughout my time there, I started off, you know, writing the mass head for the um, founding team of the magazine, for um, mm-hmm. Bell Magazine. And then I worked yeah. on being mm-hmm. a publisher and did so much in between. Um, and it was such an incredible journey there, being able to have my hands on everything from the magazine to the newspaper um, and producing, like, short films and, mm-hmm. you know, working oh, wow. with people. Yes, working closely with people at um, North Carolina A&T. Um, it was such a rich experience. I learned um, the fundamentals of journalism within a journalism and media studies department there from the great flag, Ms. Tamara Dressies and Keontae Coleman and Dr. Welvin. And, of course, being there while Dr. Malvo was still president was mm-hmm. just incredible because she is this columnist and, you know, economist who writes and is such um, a presence and mighty voice. Well, so now, let, let my me, journey let me stop. Let me, let, me ta- let me take you back just a little bit, 
Because um, you, you, wow, you have jumped out of the chute here, girl. I'm telling you, you've really been going and going. You've had quite a journey. But let me go back to when you were in the third grade. Okay. Uh, and you were uh, writing poetry. I mean, you started to write poetry. Where do you think that came from? I mean, were you raised by your grandmother? Because um, I know you mentioned your grandmother a lot. Were you raised by your grandmother or your mom? Or, I was or raised both? by my by my mom. Okay. All right. But it sounds like your grandmother had a, had a real influence in your life. You know, so I'm actually named after um, my father's mother, Lydia. And she mm-hmm. is an immigrant. Well, she was an immigrant from Honduras who mm-hmm. came to the United States and, you know, had a very tough life here. Um, so I, I love her so much and I do so much in honor of who she was because she prayed for us before we even born. Um, and while she was here on earth, you know, I just admired her strength. Um, when I began to write was during a very difficult time for my family. Um, my Mm -hmm. mother and father had split up Mm -hmm. and we actually experienced homelessness. So I wrote about a lot of the things that I couldn't talk to, you know, a school counselor about Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, my friends because our situation was so embarrassing to me at the time. So even though, you know, all of my sentences weren't grammatically structured properly, I Mm -hmm. wrote um, those nights where, you know, I just had to write. You know, it's good because a lot of people, you know, with situations that happen, it's bottled up inside. And and somehow it's when you're able to get those feelings out and really look at them. And, and, and because I think with the writing and beginning to look at them, you, you are able to overcome, you know, some of those things by just getting it out. But just think yeah. of the number of individuals who have gone through those similar experiences and they didn't have a chance to express it to anybody, didn't want to talk to anybody, and think of what, what happens in life. I'm sure their, their lives don't end up as yours have, Lydia. So truly, your grandmother, Lydia, was, I'm sure, praying for you, you know, and her prayers brought you through. Um, yes. Like I said, you, I knew you had a remarkable journey, and I couldn't remember some of the details. But how did you move out of that in terms of a mental, you know, you know, getting over that and mentally being able to accept that and move on with your life and not get stuck with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, So not only did, you know, I have people praying for me, Mm -hmm. but I honestly believe that God sent me mentors um, in the form of teachers and after school, Mm -hmm. um, you know, program Mm -hmm. managers Mm -hmm. and counselors and things of that sort. I was a really independent child. So I often <laughs> sought out resources. You know, I was mm-hmm. filling out my own permission slips, even though I shouldn't have. Um, me and my mom actually laugh about it now, but she was doing her very best. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah. I I made sure that, you know, there were places for me to go. And even if I wasn't able to verbalize what I was going through, I had outlets. Um, so I was the kid at the after-school program involved in every activity. Um, and I had people who um, 
really cared about my well-being. I have a Mm -hmm. second grade Mm -hmm. teacher who I always mention. Her name is Norma Robinson. And she went the extra mile. She would come and pick up my sister and I and take us to Chuck E. Cheese when we would oh, you know, take trips wonderful. to New York. She mm-hmm. would buy us hats and gloves for the wintertime. Um, and she would make sure that my mother was okay. Um, so I really, you know, pay homage to those people who paid extra attention and went out of their way to be caring adults to me. Um, because not everyone has that um, and not everyone knows how to step you know, in and stand in the gap for people. So I really, really am always grateful to those people. And I'm I'm glad you honor them because you, you know, that was one of my questions uh, would have been who inspired you, you know, and did you have mentors? Because I think it's so important. uh, And you, you bring up the point of the value of teachers and, and mentors early on uh, in our lives. Cause I too shared uh, that having teachers to plant in me, at an early, early age. And what I did a little bit of research some years ago, and I found that many, many uh, individuals, men and women, um, have taken a lot from their experiences with teachers at eighth grade. Isn't that interesting? At eighth grade, yeah, sort, of, uh, sort of a pivotal age and grade, I guess, in that they decide what they want to do with their lives, either through mentoring or through an experience they have on a field trip or something. So I think that's laudable of you to mention uh, those early years and to give them that special recognition. You know, walk me through uh, your progression uh, in your career, leading uh, me up to how you landed in NBC News and in your present role, okay? (laughs) Sure. My, well, you know, it's so interesting you ask because I often feel like I am in a world when, especially trying to occupy this media space as a young black woman, mm-hmm. um, a lot of where I am has to do with my persistence and persevering as okay. well as um, me being like an avid networker. Um I have, I really try to make sure I don't see any process as unnecessary. So Mm -hmm. I've done, you know, administrative work. Um, I've done, you know, unpaid internships. I've volunteered my time places um, just so that I could get my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Um, So right after college, I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do because I didn't get into UT Berkeley's um, Graduate School of Journalism. I was devastated. Um, But I knew I wanted to travel. So I took a journalism internship in Punta Gorda, Belize um, for a month. Mm -hmm. And I, um, you know, reported on HIV and AIDS. And I um, worked closely with people in the community um, Mm -hmm. to you know, highlight some of those um, stigmas and discriminations. Um, And then I actually um, worked in nonprofit. So at a nonprofit organization in San Francisco um, called Alive and Free, Mm -hmm. I um, joined the team as an intern and started to do administrative work. And from there, I essentially um, began to build a newsroom within the organization because they look at, you know, Mm -hmm 
street violence and gun violence as a public health issue, and they offered right. a scholarship program, but they weren't telling those stories, um, mm-hmm. you know, consistently. And I was like, we got to tell these stories, and I have this journalism degree. Now let's use it. Um, <laughs> so a lot of it has been, you know, me seeking mm-hmm. mentorship um, because, you know, as a young black woman within journalism, I am, you know, um, you know, the oddball sometimes, for lack of better words. Um <laughs> But um, also just networking like crazy. Um, I was able to get my mm-hmm. foot in the door at NBC um, mm-hmm. through a cold but very warm email to someone who I did not know. Um, and her information was forwarded to me. And for, you know, the course of, I think, four or five months, we had been going back and forth. And I was, you know, updating my blog and, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to take temp jobs and freelance Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. I could prove myself to be in the space that I'm in now. Um, So being here at NBC is very, um, is a very new experience for me because I haven't had the corporate media experience while I have, you know, the experience that I have. Um, But it puts a lot of things into perspective for me. So it is a great um, learning experience for me. Well, you, I tell you, have just, you're amazing. I truly, truly amazing. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back because I want to share a little bit more with the listeners about this dynamic woman, Miss Lydia Blanco. So we'll be right back. And thank you for listening. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the voiceamerica.tv network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back to Transformation for Success show today with my guest, Lydia Blanco. I'm so excited to have her on the show. She is the dynamic young woman who is an alumna of Bennett College, graduated from Columbia University in the School of Journalism. She is the first multimedia journalist at NBC News. This young woman has a strong passion for storytelling, truthful storytelling, I might add, photography, 
and content strategy from NBC News. So I am so happy to be talking with Lydia today. She's had quite a journey and a very interesting life. Now, one of the things, Lydia, um, we get back to, one of the things I really like what you said, and I hope the listeners, uh, the two Ps, persistence, perseverance, and I also uh, heard passion in there because you have to be passionate about what what you want to do in life. Mm-hmm. And moreover, I hope a lot of the young people, and, and I hope that this will get broadly uh, broadcast to a lot of young people that knowing that it's hard work. And what I heard you saying was that you worked very hard. You did a lot of jobs, you from secretaries to um, working in nonprofits, volunteering, even if you didn't get paid for it, but you were willing to take that extra step or those extra steps to move you in the position to where you are today. And I predict one of the things that you said sparked something uh, that we talked about on my television show uh, earlier this week. We talked about one of the success secrets of successful entrepreneurs. Uh, we talked about the difference between businesswomen and entrepreneurs. Do you know the difference, Lydia? <laughs> By you know, I would be lying if I said I did. In my head, I'm like, well, if you're a successful entrepreneur and businesswoman, you're the same thing. But I guess it's not. No, Please enlighten there, me. There, there really are two distinct things. When you own a business and you're running a business uh, as opposed to an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur is visionary. An entrepreneur is constantly building and growing and expanding. Okay, so think of the business. The person who's running the business is doing day-to-day. They run a business. And they, that business, it's like having that mom-and-pop shop. It's, it's, it doesn't grow. It just, it just sustains itself. But when you think of an entrepreneur, and one of the things um, that was, when we talked about successful entrepreneurs, their main thing, number one, was networking. Networking. So when you mentioned that, it just sort of resonated with me to share that with you, that that is one of the most successful things that you can do. And I, I encourage you to keep on doing that. So thank you for sharing that. Yes, <laughs> so of course. Thank you, you for think, sharing with me. <laughs> well, what do you think is happening today uh, as it relates to the millennials? And, and where are we going, I think, with uh, society as it, as it relates to digital trends and how we communicate with each other. Have you done a lot of thought about that or blogs on that? You know, I think about it a lot, and I think, I'm have, I, think I have the conversation a lot with um, my peers who are also in, like, you know, the social space and the digital mm-hmm. space a lot. Um, you know, if you're not... If you're not thinking digitally or if you're not digitally savvy, like, it's almost like you're going to be left behind. Um, even in the sense of the workplace, everything has to be, you know, digitally sound because it's mm-hmm. not kind of like, what are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so much of how we communicate. I mean, when I think about how I get the news, it's in the palm of my hand. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to turn on my computer every morning just to, you know, see what's going on. And I am a cable, uh, a cable cord cutter, so I mm-hmm. don't turn on the TV to watch the news. Um, so I understand that it is a way that we, um, you know, connect and communicate. My only thing with it is, though, is that it takes away that humanistic right. um, approach and that Feel. You know, um, I say some people are like so into social that they're socially awkward. Um, right. 
And, you know, so many people get caught up in the hype, especially millennials, of being popular and instant gratification. And I think there's just something so humbling about, you know, networking on the ground and shaking hands and making sure that it's firm and that you're making eye contact. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, professionally, those are the things I think about and, you know, socially Mm -hmm. as well. Um, mm-hmm. I am very interested to see where, um, you know, digital takes us as I we go too. further because um, there's so much power in it. But I have to admit that even personally, uh, we're doing some things now where we're moving into the digital age. And, and even at my age, God forbid, uh, that uh, I, I had resistance to moving to where we're sharing everything on something called SharePoint. And it's like now, you know, it's, it's, everything is open and sharing and uh, it's all digital. And I found out, you know, with the millennials, they're on their phones 24 times a day. They access, you know, this is 24 times a day. And so if you want to reach the millennials, you can't reach them through, you know, the telly, you know, (laughs) you're going to get a telephone. No, it's really most people don't use the telly anymore. Um, So I I was just intrigued with where, you know, from the millennials perspective, where we think, um, you know, society is moving. I, too, have the same challenge with wanting to have that human connection because I am so much a people person. And I want to look at your face. I want to get your reactions. I don't like texting because I I just don't get a feel. You know, I want to see you. But that I mean, that's that's the going thing of the day. But anyway, um, how did you come up with the idea of Sincere Visions? And tell us what Sincere Visions is all about. Sure. So Sincere Visions was this idea in my head throughout Mm -hmm. college. I was like, I want to do my own thing. I don't know what to call it. I just know I want to tell stories and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I began to, you know, just learn more. And then I started to pray for a name. I was like, okay, God, I need a name that is, you know... (laughs) you know, unique to me, and it can speak volumes to what it is and what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2014, after jotting down my ideas forever, I actually um, launched this blog. I was working um, at a at a local um, TV station and at the nonprofit and trying to get this idea out of my head into the digital space. Um, so... I knew that I wanted to be able to have this voice and I mm-hmm. wanted people to kind of be, you know, have their their um, feathers ruffled by, you know, my storytelling. So I was like, okay, I got to call this thing Sincere Visions. And the reason why is because I, you know, I like to think that I am authentic and I want to tell authentic stories. Um, mm-hmm. But I also wanted to change perspectives. So that's where the visions part comes in. So I was like, okay, changing perspectives, one story at a time. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I named it Sincere Visions. Um, So since then, you know, I've been trying to uncover, well, not trying, excuse me. I've been Mm -hmm. uncovering stories that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, large media outlets aren't quick to cover that Mm -hmm. specifically deal with communities of color. So I've told Mm -hmm. stories about the digital divide and how, you know, people in San Francisco and Harlem um, Mm -hmm. don't have access to the Internet, which seems like it's so crazy. But I remember not having, you know, the Internet in my home and actually going through the newspaper to get the AOL CD-ROM. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Um, and to mm-hmm. think that there mm-hmm. are kids in low-income and rural communities um, not necessarily looking for that CD-ROM, but going to a McDonald's so that they can do their homework or apply for, you know, an internship mm-hmm. blows mm-hmm. my mind. Um, so I wanted to tell that story, so I was able to, um, which was really um, something special to me because I was just like, okay, no one's really talking about this. Um, and now more than ever, people are talking about the digital bi- divide yes. just because yes. there's yes. so much um, that is, is, is so critical. If you can't access the Internet, you can't apply for a job. If you're a low income, you can't apply for certain services. Um, well, some which, of it, you can't do your homework. Yeah, you can't do your homework. <laughs> It's, it's mind-blowing just to think it of how much weight the Internet carries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, you know, um, have this passion for photography. So, you know, one of the things that I did was I went out on the streets of um, New York last winter um, and spent hours with, um, you know, homeless people, but not just mm-hmm. to say, oh, look at these people, feel bad for them. No, but I wanted to know their stories, especially with my mm-hmm. personal connection. Um, yes. Thank God that yes. we never had to spend the night outside um, Mm -hmm. while we would sleep on, you know, the floors of my mom's job. Um, Mm -hmm. But I can't just walk past people. I want to know why they're outside and um, they are people um, and they are human. So, um, you know, just telling those stories. Oh, wow. Now, are the, when you, when you do your blog on sincere visions, are these the kind of topics that you cover on, on the blog? They are. So I um, am, you know, trying to cover health and wellness, technology, um, and just social issues, social justice, um, just, you know, things happening. What what are you uncovering out there that uh, people are resonating with in your blogs? Um, You know, I would honestly have to say a lot of the social justice pieces that I Mm -hmm. have written, a lot of people um, tend to navigate or gravitate towards those pieces, just with everything that has been going on within the Black Lives Matter movement Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of, you know, the reoccurring acts of brutality um, against, Mm -hmm. you know, young Black people. Um, Mm -hmm. While I was in the Bay Area, I was, you know, making sure that I was on those front lines with protesters and mm-hmm, waiting mm-hmm. for people to come out um, after they've been released and being at community forums. Um, those events I would live tweet, I'd take photos and talk to people on the ground. Um, so it was really cool to be able to, you know, do that hyper-local reporting and connect with, you know, activists mm-hmm. who were on the ground in Ferguson through Twitter, you know, using the power wow, of yep, social um, so when people saw those things go up, they were like, oh, my goodness. Okay, well, we didn't know this necessarily was happening. Um, that's so cool. And now the national story is, okay, let's chime in to see what's going on in Oakland mm-hmm. or in San Francisco because they're shutting down highways. And they're making sure that, um, you know, the, the mayor of Oakland is being wakened out of her sleep because people are being killed in her city. Um, so telling wow. those stories have been really important. And uh, people mm-hmm. have, you know, gravitated towards my social media accounts and the website for those kinds of stories. Well, I mean, I think that's wonderful. And and I kind of felt, in, you know, somewhat that we were really heading towards um, more social justice issues. Uh, mm-hmm. I think another big one that's probably, I, and I was wondering if you were going to say that, and that was health and wellness, because all the the challenges regarding health care uh, for individuals yes. who start thinking of health and wellness 
uh, and then the population of people who are living longer and, uh, and, and oftentimes needing more care, um, it, it gives me some concern. So I hope that maybe, uh, you know, we can get together maybe and talk about a blog on health and wellness and where, where yes. people are and how they're feeling about maybe not having affordable care, you know, in the future. Yes. I don't know what may be on the horn, but I'm certainly praying for that because I know it is something needed for people to have healthy lives. And I know you're very concerned about that too. You know, I know this might be an awkward question, uh, but, you know, I thought about this and again, because you are a millennium. Um, what kind of life lessons would you be willing to pay for? And you may have a chance to only give me one or two because we're going to take a break in a few minutes. But just think about that. What kind of life lessons would I be willing to pay for? (laughs) Isn't that a provocative question? You know, right off the top of my head, a life lesson that I would be willing to pay for is how to cope with trauma and stress. Okay. I, I, that's a valid question. And that, that is a valid, valid life lesson. Um, because we have, I think now, when we start looking at people who have trauma and who have stress in their lives and how do they cope with it. And that is something I think is, and I'm glad you shared that. I don't know. I just happened to think about that because of what's happening in today's time and the climate and environment that we have um, and how people are coping and how maybe in some of your blogs and some of what you do in the future, you can begin to see how you can answer that question. (laughs) Mm, Yes, that'd be good. Yeah. So anyway, um, I I just want to thank you for being so candid and being authentic. Uh, I want to get back to sort of like uh, in some way, your connection with homelessness, and do you see that as a big issue that's going to grow? Are, are the cities going to come to grips with that, just from your perspective generally? Uh, because it's, it's in Los Angeles, and I noticed I was in Santa Monica uh, the other evening, and it's really, really prevalent. There are more and more homeless people just in that particular area. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering about that. But I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what do you feel about the homelessness and maybe are there solutions? Okay, so stay tuned. We're going to be right back with my guest today, Lydia Blanco. So thank you. We'll be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and 
did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the voiceamerica.tv network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hey, and welcome back. To my Transformation for Success show today with my guest, Miss Lydia Blanco, a young woman I actually met some years ago at Bennett College. She's an alumna of Bennett College, and she also attended Columbia Graduate School in Journalism. And today she's within NBC News. She has started um, its nonprofit, Sincere Visions. Is that a nonprofit, my dear? Sincere Visions? Oh. No, it's just, just a, a, um, a media it's blog a, for now. A, it's a media blog. Sincere Visions, I stand corrected. But she's doing a wonderful, wonderful job with Sincere Visions. And she's also, I tell you, just very proactive and dynamic. So, Lydia, I'm, I'm getting back to the question because I know <clears throat> from coming from homelessness yourself, overcoming that, and yet you've gone back to talk with many people uh, on the street and get their stories. What have you really found and what do you think is uh, portents for many of the homeless people in our country? You know, I honestly think that if greed wasn't such a huge issue, homelessness wouldn't be such a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm from San Francisco, California, mm-hmm. and homelessness in San Francisco is it's it's really it's really harsh. Um, you know, I remember in school people were like, Oh, this is one of the best places to be homeless because there's so many resources and X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. But the way that the people are treated is horrible. You know, my example I'll go to is, you know, last year with the Super Bowl and that being um in the Bay Area and homeless mm-hmm. people being pushed out. It was such a huge issue. Um and you know, people began to speak about homelessness then, but I was like, hey, this has been an issue forever um in the city. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like um, you know, there are great organizations out there like the Larkin Street Foundation in San Francisco and others, um, you know, through um out the country that are doing great work. But I think we don't look at people without housing as human. Therefore, they're treated differently um, Mm -hmm. and often overlooked. Um, You know, another um, concern of mine with homelessness um, are not just elderly people um, who are homeless. And when I say elderly, I mean, you know, maybe, Mm -hmm. I guess, 45 and up and not in the sense that they're super old, but that they are just older on the streets. Um, Is, you know, my generation, um, there are a lot of um, young people on the streets um, who have had tough times in their household and have had to leave, or they Mm -hmm. unfortunately, you know, aged out of foster care, um, and there aren't enough systems in place for Mm -hmm. them to transition um, in secure housing. 
Um, so, you know, those are those issues. Um, I honestly hope that it gets better. Um, I really hope that there, um, are some systems put in place to help people without housing. Mm -hmm. Um, I know some cities have more, um, resources than Mm -hmm. others. Um, Mm -hmm. but But while it's very upsetting, I'm hopeful that something will happen. I do too, Lydia. And it almost, to me, it appears it's more than housing that they need. They're going to need building up um, their spirits, their souls uh, need building up. Because when that happens to a person, think what happens to their spirits and their souls. So we see what happens to their bodies. But, you know, just and the thought just came to me, you know, even putting them in in a house to live. It still has to be something that happened to them where they're on the streets, something that that changes. And so I hope and I, and I just have, you know, faith in God that we can come to grips in this country without so much greed and really to look yes. at each of us as human beings. We're all, to me, spirits having a human experience. <laughs> and yes. I believe it's what we do with this human experience that's going to make the difference um, to me in our lives. So we've been given this well. precious gift, precious gift of life here. And you might have heard me say this at Bennett, that we're here to make a difference. If you're here not to make a difference, then you have an illegitimate existence. And that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say about that. But anyway. That is so powerful. <laughs> but do, do you believe, um, you know, one of the questions I have is that, when we start looking at today, uh, today's world, do you think that more people are focused on the external success rather than internal success? And why do you think that's happening? You know, I really do. I do. I agree that people are focusing on the external success. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I used to hear people say, oh, you guys are the microwave generation. You want everything so fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so true. Um, and in a lot of the spaces that I occupy, I am surrounded by, you know, pretension. Mm-hmm. And I, I fight so hard um, not to be that way. And it is because mm-hmm. of my faith and, you know, my past experiences and just mm-hmm. being who I am that will not mm-hmm. allow me um, to be pretentious um, and try to attain things that I know I can't take with me. Um, some things, it just doesn't make that sense, that much sense to like go hard for or go after. Um, my my thing is, is I always ask like, at what cost? You know, mm-hmm. if it's costing mm-hmm. me too much integrity wise or too much of my time, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm then I don't want it. I don't need it that badly. Um, and I, I honestly think like the, the value of material things over an individual life, individual's life is so dangerous. Um, well, yeah, yeah, it is. You know, the, the so reason dangerous. why I asked this question and, and as you're talking, I was thinking, and I'm linking it back to something we talked about earlier. Do you have uh, um, thought, have you thought about that maybe, the way and in some way that social media and how social media is having us look at ourselves, maybe, I mean, is having an impact so that we don't look at ourselves internally because uh, the social media, I mean, it, it's distracting in a way, but it doesn't do anything where you're beginning to look inward 
I mean, why would you? I mean, everything is about possessions, getting that next job, getting that promotion, taking the cruise, or am I, you know, right on? (laughs) You most definitely are. I mean, you can be whoever you want to be on the internet. (laughs) If, you know, you want to be the victim, you can be the victim. And then um, you can have a GoFundMe page, you know, illegitimately started for yourself. If you want to be the beauty queen, you can spend countless hours in front of the mirror and practice that and get at it and get paid for it. Um, if you want to be the intellect, no one's going to fact check you and you can be the intellect. Um, right, right. You know, right. so much of our lives nowadays are curated and we know how to do that so well, we know how to that's turn true. it off, turn it on. If I want you, if I only want you to see me like this, that's the only way you're ever going to see me unless you run into me on the street. Um, and that is, is so mind blowing. Um, but I think when you really know and understand that, then you don't just take things at face value. So you know how to be objective. Um, you don't operate in silos. And you do your research. Well, Lydia, are, are you, um, this is sort of not, you're, you're absolutely right at that. I'm trying to find, do, do you still stay connected with some of the uh, young women that you went to school with in, in Bennett? And keep them I most definitely friendship? do. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that I do that is through social media. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, that does, that. now for that, I think that's the connection, connectivity, um, mm-hmm. and through social media. Okay. So are your homies doing good? Are they doing well? (laughs) (laughs) Um, People are doing well. I am excited. You know, going to a women's college is so interesting because you you hear, oh, people used to go to women's colleges to um, find their husband and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, what? And now I look around and I'm like, wow, so many women are married and have children. Um, And there are those of us who, you know, have chosen to be just like, you know, single-handedly career career women um, for now. Um, so people are doing well. I get so excited to um, see my sisters doing well and clap for them. And, you know, we have this love as Bennett Bells for one another. Um, yes. So it's right. good to see everyone doing well. Well, it is really good to, to, to just hear you and just to, I'm, I'm just really sitting here. I'm just sitting here thinking, oh, I've got Lydia. You know, and I remember you vividly, you know what I'm saying? I've got her and she's done so well and I'm so proud of you. I really am. You know, Thank we you all so have been handed a destiny and our job merely is to walk in it. But some of us don't walk in it. You know, some of us, <laughs> you know, sort of circumvent the process. But there's another intriguing um, question was that, you know, given your journey, and I know all of it hasn't been easy, Lydia. Were mm-hmm. there opportunities? Or were, you know, how did you get over, I'm thinking, having to forgive? Because one of the biggest issues that I deal with are people holding on and not being able to forgive and move on. But it's obviously, uh, I'm detecting, you were able to get past that. How did you do that? Oh, forgiveness is a process. Um, it really is. Mm -hmm. Honestly, sometimes I think about things and Mm -hmm. I have to just give it to God as I think about it. And Mm -hmm. that brings me to, you know, that, that process of, um, forgiving, you know, the situation Mm -hmm. or the person, um, at that time. But I always, I always remember compassion. Um, Mm -hmm. it's not safe to assume that people know something. So, you know, when people hurt you, 
Um, it's often because they've been hurt or mm-hmm. they don't know how to communicate something. Um, so sometimes you have to step away from the situation and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not highlight your hurt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and really, you know, go into that that thinking where you have to say, okay, I forgive you for that. Um, and while, you know, what you did or what happened wasn't fair to me, you know, um, we have to move forward mm-hmm. because in that process of forgiveness, it's about you being able to move forward as you let go. You know, it's like releasing right. something. The longer right. you hold on to it, um, it just becomes heavier for you to carry. And that is so true. when you release that thing, mm-hmm. you can move forward without the burden of the weight of that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things I practice, um, you know, Sometimes I'm a little bit too forgiving. <laughs> but, you mean um, too forgiving? <laughs> no, I don't mean that. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you're like, like, let it roll off your back like a duck. And I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> um, but, you know, practicing being um, forgiving, you know, especially scripturally, has helped me a lot. And the reason why I ask you that question, too, is because one of the other secrets of successful um, people is being able to not to be thick skinned and not take offense. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I just share that because um, I think it's, it's important. And that's all to me a part of the forgiving process too, because I think, <laughs> you know, people say things and, and it, it may, you know, hurt you. And sometimes it sparks something that really was in that, what I call the A mind. It's buried. It's subconsciously and somebody says something and it brings back, a memory that mm-hmm. occurred in your lifetime and you react um, to what happened in the past. Because remember, we still have that script that plays and oftentimes yeah. it, it plays at a moment you really don't want it to come out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and I, I'm remembering going back to my days at Bennett and the young women who were there and there were so many, you probably don't remember this it, the incident, but there were so many who were emotionally hurt and but covered it up because we wear a mask and yes. for years um, I wore one and I'm sure you know because the real person there's a lot of hurt there and to try to open that up and let people in or just to let it out it just was you know so I was so I guess moved by um, what I saw and what I was able to do to help those young women but I don't know if you were in that session or were there to know that there were a lot of issues because the um, the campus began to change over the years where there were more uh, diversity, more young people coming there with, with different issues. And that's, yes. that's the way it's today in society. Uh, we have to deal with this. People are hurting and hurting people hurt other people. Yes. So I actually I, I remember just, that. Oh, you do? <laughs> I do. I really do. It was, I think it took place in the Global Learning Center. Uh, When that first opened, I remember sitting in that room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And And I believe you gave us like, um, you had a, you had folders prepared for Mm -hmm. each of us. If I'm not mistaken, you had folders prepared um, for each of us with um, assignments. And we learned, you know, whether we were protectors or guardians um, and things of that nature. And at the end, it just felt like there was a Mm -hmm. different energy in the room. And I remember having to be there because I was on um, 
you know, student government. And I was like, okay, I have to be here. And this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. Um, but a lot of women dealt with themselves that day. And it was such a powerful um, experience. And I'm, I'm happy for that because, and I'm happy for you that you were there to experience and go through that and know that a lot of the lessons that you learned and, and I, and I've learned a lot from you today uh, in terms of, and I want to keep the conversation going too with some of my, my younger guests on the show. Uh, this show, uh, Transformation for Success Show, is simply designed really to give people encouragement and hope and in the global sense because we are global. We're in a number of countries, but we all have the same issues and we all hurt. We all cry. Mm-hmm. We all have to forgive one another. And we're all at one time in our lives moving uh, in a pattern, hopefully in an upward trajectory and not downward. So I just want to thank you so much for sharing today, being so transparent and knowing that you've learned so much in your young years. And I want you to continue to do the work that you're doing, uh, continue to reach out to people and particularly the homeless people because they do need um, and the blogs that you're doing and just merely know that you've got a champion in Dr. B. <laughs> Thank you so much for all you. of your encouragement over the years and for having me as your guest. I oh, appreciate I'm it. I'm just excited. I'm excited. So, listeners, I want to encourage you out there to be grateful, to be humble, to be inspired. And I hope you have learned today from our session today with Miss Lydia. Blanco, a woman on the move. And we'll probably have her back for another segment to talk about the next chapter in her life. So thank you for listening and God bless you all and have a great, great week. And I'll see you next week, same time. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.